Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the book of First Timothy. And we were in the second chapter yesterday, and I want to recap these first four verses before we go into verses five and six to where we can set the context. Remember what we saw. Paul said this, first of all then, this is in the first verse, and what he means by this, he means uh, uh, of primary import. First of all then, I urge the entreaties, that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving been, be made on behalf of all men. And then he describes who all men are, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life and all godliness and dignity. So you, you see what he has called us, <coughs> the first two verses, to do. He says, I want you to pray to this end. Then verse 3, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so this type of attitude, this type of godliness and dignity, this quiet a quiet life and the pursuit of a quiet, tranquil life by praying and interceding is good and is acceptable and is pleasing in the sight of God. And it tells us something really interesting about God in verse 4, who desires all men to be saved. Now, uh, there's all sorts of debate uh, within Christendom that is actually split Christendom about such issues. I'm not going to get into it right now. People automatically start... Uh, assuming labels, they start assigning labels. And it's the saddest thing because over the last three, four, five hundred years, people start assigning these labels. Well, you're this, you're that, you're this. And they don't even know the scripture. And the sad thing is that there's much truth in all that is being said by the labelers, shall we say, but they don't know what the truth is. And they just want to draw lines of battle. Here, there's a simple truth that the Lord desires all men to be saved. Does the Lord know who's going to be saved? Oh, absolutely. He's known since before the foundations of the earth. There is no limit to his knowledge, okay? Does the Scripture say a lot of other uh, stuff about this? Oh, my, yeah, tons and tons and tons. What we must do is just rest on each one of those truths. The problem arises because we think that these truths are un, uh, not understandable or that they conflict or that I can't understand it. Well, don't worry about that. Just know what the truth is and rest in the truth and rest in the Most High. So he desires for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what the Lord desires. Verse 5 gives us a little more insight. So listen what this sentence is in verse 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator, also between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. This verse right here, these two verses, just absolutely destroy uh, most of what we call uh, uh, cults today. Okay, Because listen to the statement, there's one God. That goes back to Deuteronomy 6, okay? Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one. 
There is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men. There is only one mediator. What this is saying is there is only one way for mankind to be brought into right relationship with God the Father, and that is through, and here is described, the man, Christ Jesus, describing what Jesus did as God when he took on his own creation and he took on the form of flesh and became a man. So he's the only mediator. He is the only way, the truth, the life. Jesus said that himself. He said, I am the only way. He said, I'm the door. Okay. He described himself in so many ways. I'm living water. I'm the light. I'm the bread of life. All these things that you see in the book of John, especially. And so he said, I'm the one who has done this. He said, who gave himself as a ransom for all. A ransom for all. Now, again, there's all sorts of debate. Okay, And I could get into it. I don't want to chase the rabbit too far, but there's some that believe that Jesus died for all mankind. Then there's some who believe that Jesus died for all mankind who would be saved. And boy, there's a distinction there. You know, well, what do you do with that? Because in verse 4 it says that God desires for all men to be saved. Is that just saying that God desires for all men that will be saved to be saved and he doesn't desire for the ones that won't be saved? Is he saying, well, God desires it, but God's not powerful enough for them to be saved? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, there's this wonderful, wonderful understanding of the parallel doctrines of the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man that God has granted. God is totally sovereign, but he has given man responsibility and given man opportunity. Now, God knows exactly what's going to happen. And he knows, and he knows it without manipulating to create. And you say, well, that can't be. I know what you mean. It's the wonder and the glory of the Most High God because it goes beyond the way that we think and the way that we operate. Now, let me start with verse 5 again. I'll read this sentence. We'll get to the end of it. For there is one God, one mediator, also between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. In other words, that Jesus is the one who's a mediator who testified of this, who actually did this, who gave himself as a ransom, that it was done at the proper time. Everything that happened when Jesus took on the form of flesh and came to earth happened at exactly the proper time, down to however you want to quantify it, the, the microsecond. Every uh, prophecy was fulfilled and done at the proper time. Well, what's the proper time? It's at the time that, that the Most High has known before the foundations of the earth. It, is, it really is quite a wondrous thing, quite a marvelous thing, quite a mysterious thing to understand what the Lord has done for us. But folks, this is the element of faith. This is where we live. This is who we are as true believers. We see these phenomenal, marvelous truths, and we rest in those truths, and we rejoice in, rejoice in those truths. Some of the truths we're able to understand. Some we're able to explain, but some of them we can't at this time, and that's okay. Sometimes people get very distracted by that. That is just pride hubris being revealed in the heart. I'm totally at home with resting in the Lord and trusting the Lord and not necessarily understanding everything at this moment. Do you still study to show yourselves approved? Oh, absolutely. Do we still uh, study 
to uh, dig out the things that the king has hidden? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we don't do it from the point of view of a <coughs> uh, academic arrogance or anything like that where we can say, oh, I know about this, I know about this, I can explain this, and all that kind of stuff. No, we do it to know the Most High God better, knowing that it's actually He who's revealing the truth to us anyway, right? Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you again later.